Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo Season 2, Episode 10, and I am Demetrius Malbro, your host and chief data protection chef. And as usual, I'm honored to bring you more gumbo of insights and information about data protection today. And today, GDPR is live, so this show will be totally dedicated to GDPR and providing some information and tips on how GDPR will affect you and also how you can comply with GDPR. So I have two GDPR specialists on the show, Ayana Miller and Carrie Ann Farrell. And Ayana is the founder of Privileged, which is a boutique advisory firm specializing in data protection training and information management for businesses and estates. And Carrie Ann is a senior level sales professional with a focus on technology and innovation. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. How are you doing today, Carrie Ann? Super excited to be here. How are you? I am awesome. And Ayana, how are you? Doing well. Thank you for having us. All right. We have an action-packed show today. Let's go ahead and start with the first question that I have. So Carrie Ann, in your own words, what is GDPR to you? I think GDPR is an amazing um, thing that's being put into place. It's really exciting in this this age of where data is so visible and transparent to public view that we're able to protect and have better control of what is seen out to the general public. It's also a way to uh, control and protect our interests. And I think it's really going to change the landscape of how things are viewed and how um, people are profiled, whether it be for banking or financial or government data and you know how transparent people are able to see this stuff. So I think it's a very, very good thing when it comes to security. Absolutely, I, I totally agree with you 100%. And every nook and cranny of the world will be affected by this, no doubt. So Ayana, um, in your words, what do you think about GDPR and um, how does this affect everyone? Yeah, so from my perspective, it's all about the consumer. It's all about user data. Uh, the European Union has always had this, this uh, philosophy that there's a fundamental right to protect user data and that it's personal. Uh, and even in, in this world where we have uh, significant advances in technology and uh, just data transfer, it's reaffirming uh, this right to, to be informed and have access to data and be able to object to where your data is stored and collected and be able to edit it. Because of our, our digital presence and age, it has implications that go beyond the borders of the European Union. So it's a very exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. And I always go back and think about a book that I read years ago called The World is Flat. I think it's by Thomas Friedman. And uh, I always use that book because when the internet uh, actually exploded, um, you could actually make an impact around the world just by logging on into the internet. Just amazing where we are today. So uh, Carrie Ann, what potential impact do you see happening to businesses as a result of GDPR? I think uh, stronger compliancy. I mean, businesses are going to ensure that they position themselves as responsible custodians of customer and employee data. They will not want to be subjected to the very strong fines that are being imposed. So they're going to put policies in place that will definitely ensure that employees understand this. And I was actually talking to my cousin that lives in the UK 
and I asked her, you know, how is GDPR affecting you in your business role? And she's a business analyst, and she said to me, you know, all companies have organized training. They've given instruction. Um, the transition seems to be, from her perspective, relatively smooth there. So people are aware of what's going on, and they want to adhere to these um, policies because they understand the impl implications. Okay, great. And it sounds like uh, data, I, I heard something else as well. Data is the new oil or data is the new currency. So I'm actually glad that GDPR is, is going live soon because it, it should give all of us options as far as our personal identifiable information. And we should definitely take control of the information that is out there and should have a say-so as to how it's used to a certain degree. Uh, Ayana, what do you think about that? And uh, what potential impact do you see happening? You know, I, I completely agree that data is the new oil. And because of that, I, I think there's actually two, two camps of people. Uh, we're not going to stop seeing data collection. Uh, if anything, we may see it more. Uh, so there's, there's two things. There's these big organizations that have always been targets, if, if you will, um, of European regulators and just honestly, international regulators, uh, especially tech companies that are collecting significant uh, amounts of data that we've never seen before. And those companies have always been under scrutiny and GDPR just really uh, is, is setting the standard for what the expectations are and what the baseline is. And I think that's great um, for their, their business. And on the other hand, I think that what uh, GDPR has also forced is it has significant implications for smaller businesses. Um, and I think there are a lot of people that just don't know and are in a wait and see position. They don't have the resources that tech companies have or corporations have to um, implement trainings or safeguard security and safeguards. Um, and so I think we're going we're gonna to see a lot of people who are in a state of waiting to see what happens. And I think that personally, it's going to be, there's going to be um, some companies, may, mainly probably a large corporation that um, is kind of a guinea pig for, for this regulation and, uh, and how that plays out in the courts. Um, and that will set the tone for uh, other companies. So when the first small business uh, doesn't see any implications from you know, collection of, of emails or, or something of that nature um, without consent, uh, then maybe we'll see a laxing again of standards. I think it's going to take a series of, um, of really just guinea pigs uh, that are, are, are forced to, to be examples um, in order for us to, to see over time how GDPR plays out in practice. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And then hopefully this podcast will go around the world and um, give knowledge and information to individuals as well as um, corporations and small businesses as far as this uh, GDPR uh, regulation is. So let's go ahead and go to the next question, uh, Carrie Ann. So what, what, what steps are needed to safeguard yourself and maybe your organization from possible negative impacts now there's a service called MailChimp, and they're sending out information uh, to a lot of the people that subscribe, whether it's through ticketing, you know, to purchase tickets for a concert. And they're saying, are you aware of GDPR? And here are the implications of it. I think from a legislation perspective, especially in the, ER, in the EU, um, organizations are going to be required to identify their security strategy and adopt 
adequate administration and technical measures to ensure that the data is protected. Um, how that affects the EU, it's all outlined. To people that reside elsewhere globally, it will affect us when we travel to the EU. So it's something people need to be aware of. Fantastic. And you, you also made a great point there, uh, Carrie, and you said we have no idea, I guess, how our credit card information is being stored or used. And more and more, you know, every day we're seeing breaches happen, right? Um, every day or at least weekly, we hear about some large organization, you know, how their systems were hacked. And I just got an email like a week or two ago saying my information was just involved in another breach. So it's becoming, it's becoming commonplace now in order for our data to, to just be out, I guess, in the cloud or wherever it's stored, right? That we have no idea what it's being used for. So Ayana, what do you think about that? And what steps um, do you think are needed to safeguard you know, our sales and organizations from a negative impact of GDPR? We, I couldn't agree more. We are completely desensitized as a culture uh, to, to breaches. They are occurring more and more frequently, and you just have this sense of, of helplessness when, when it occurs. Uh, there's, there's not much you can do. I, like you, was part of one recently, and the email that I got uh, basically said, change your passwords, uh, monitor the activities you already do and just sit back and wait was, was basically the, the guidance. Uh, and as a practicing privacy professional, I know what the additional steps I can take are, but even with that additional knowledge, um, there's, there's just a sense of, of well, just move on um, and, and hope for the best, hope that you know, wherever that data lands that you're able to react quickly. There's not much you can do, um, or there's a sense that there's not much you can do once the breach happens. It's out of your control. Delete it where I don't want it to be. I, I preach that to everyone, like just do a digital detox. Uh, I think that's the best st step you can take uh, and limit. No, uh, no matter how many times I've checked my privacy settings for different, for different things, I'm constantly reevaluating, making sure that it's exactly the way I want it to be at different times. Um, and, and from an organizational perspective, uh, the safeguards that, that I, I think are needed and we're seeing um, are, we've seen it through a lot of privacy policy updates. I'm sure everyone has seen that. For, for me, um, that gave me a sense of the companies that are taking this seriously. And uh, not that the, the companies that didn't have the privacy uh, update, privacy policy updates and emails aren't taking it seriously, but for me, it kind of set a standard for who's really having to react and want to stay ahead um, versus the companies that I may want to evaluate again and see, well, what are they doing with my data? When was the last time I, I updated information or shared a, um, a credit card with them um, or were active on their site? So I think it's just a good point of evaluation in a world where we are constantly desensitized. Yeah, de desensitized, that's, that's a very huge word. <laughs> that's actually uh, running rampant uh, around the world as far as how we are um, behaving or how we are as far as uh, video is concerned and also audio and just what we share as well. And I'm, I'm not sure if we already kind of touched on the next question that I was going to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, Carrie Ann, how should an organization handle our personal data? From a personal perspective, what are they doing with this information? How is it impacting the business? Why is it necessary to offer this 
Um, but I think by putting in place a stronger cybersecurity policy, improving data management, um, you know, marketing ROIs, things like that will help ensure that data from a global perspective is much more protected. Okay, great. And what do you think about that, uh, Ayana? I think a fundamental approach that all organizations should have with respect to personal data is having a privacy program. Whether you are a business of one or one million, having that privacy program set the standard for how you're thinking and approaching user data. Ideally, for, for mid-sized to big-sized businesses, uh, larger larger companies, they would have a, a office that is overseeing that data and helping with things like compliance, but also legal and uh, technology. You need engineers to be able to implement and check and ensure that it's actually applied the way that uh, everyone agreed to. Um, so I think more and more we're seeing um, the handling of the of personal data being handled at a, at a high level within um, the C-suite, and that is excellent. That means that it's going to come from top down um, from the culture that this matters, user data matters. It's been for far too long that we've seen um, privacy programs and people who are responsible for privacy coming from all parts of the organization that just don't have the visibility that make sure that uh, the policies are incorporated by design into everything that the company is doing, all of their activities, because we like to think that, oh, you know, we're only using personal data here and here, and it doesn't touch any other parts. But the, the truth is it's, it's all over the place. And uh, even you'll see privacy incidents and breaches, they, they're occurring because they're, they're gaps. They are identified gaps in the system where someone or some system wasn't properly taking into into um, into consideration the impacts of what losing that data would be, uh, and so I think that this reorganization we see happening now, um, somewhat by necessity, but also just by understanding and growth, uh, going to the C-suite is is the right approach. Could I add to that? Sure. I think another point um, that I was thinking about is it's also going to allow companies to look at redundant, obsolete, trivial, old data, client data that's not relevant anymore. Um, and that falls back onto an IT mandate, you know, storing, compliancy, protecting, backing up. That makes business processes more efficient. And I think to Ayana's point about the C-suite, that's, that's something that's very obvious at that level. So I think by um, putting this into place, it's going to help companies really or organizations really take a granular review of, hey, this is where our data is. Why do we need this? And is it redundant? Great, great point, uh, both uh, Ayana and Carrie Ann. And uh, Ayana, you mentioned the C-suite, and I was just reading something about the creation of a data protection officer, which is, is I don't think it's a new position, but it is one that is actually uh, gain, gaining a seat uh, at the table now where, you know, one person is designated in the organization to uh, be responsible for, you know, things like complying with GDPR and also responsible for dealing with regulatory agencies as well as, I guess, members of the public uh, with requests related to uh, identifying uh, personal, personal identifying information like PII, right? So my next question is for you. Let's start with you first, Ayana. 
Um, what, what are some of the benefits of GDPR since, you know, everyone thinks it's all doom and gloom, but I, I guess there are some good things that are going to come out of this. Definitely. I, I think uh, Carrie may have mentioned at the beginning, but there, this isn't all new uh, and hopefully it doesn't come as a surprise to anyone. Uh, we've, there's always been an expectation that we would have privacy. We, privacy policies aren't new. Uh, we saw the introduction of cookie banners in the EU. Those were introduced many, many years ago. Um, and so I think some of the benefits of GDPR is just this, again, this reset on expectations. Uh, I've actually been pleasantly surprised by, I mentioned before, all the emails I've seen coming in about companies saying that they're committed to following GDPR. Um, and so companies I saw like Microsoft are saying, hey, we're going to go even a step further. And even though these rights only technically are, we're only supposed to respect uh, European users by the letter of the legislation, we're going to extend it to all of our users. And I think that's really, that's great. Like that is a win for everyone uh, when our data is protected, especially for companies that are collecting a lot, a lot of data. And so I, I think it, it's, it's just bringing it back into the public awareness, which is really important. People are, are, are generally in a state where they feel like, you know, the government maybe has a right to know certain information for, um, for protection of users against enemy states and actors. Uh, but where is the line between that and, and personal invasion and, and privacy and that right to privacy? Um, so I think that this is setting that, that uh, expectation and baseline for private practices and uses of data, which is great. Uh, data portability is another area that has been really exciting from a consumer perspective, I believe. Um, the right to be able to download your data and take it in one from one place and put it in another place if you'd like to, or just to see how a company is processing your data on a more granular level and get some insight into that back-end processing that's happening is, is very significant. And I think it's going to open a lot of consumers' eyes to, to what, they, what they do and, and how they uh, interact with other companies and people online. Awesome. Very great points. Um, Carrie Ann, what do you think about GDPR? I guess the benefits of GDPR and that it's not all doom and gloom. What are some of the benefits? Well, as a technologist and a salesperson that works with clients on a day-to-day -day basis, focused on compliancy and data management, some of the things that I'm seeing is uh, a greater enhancement to cybersecurity policies. And what that helps to do is mitigate the risk of attacks, which is what you alluded to earlier. Um, things like improving data management, a better understanding of who the, who the targets are in terms of who would be attacked, a uh, better understanding of data policies, how you're protecting the data, why you're storing the data, why it's required to store the data. Um, from a marketing perspective, an increase on ROIs, you know, being loyal to your customers. If you have customers that are loyal and have shopped or, or purchased from a certain organization for years and years and years, um, the transparency and responsibility of being the custodian of that data and how you um, look at the way um, people that shop with you or, or procure from you are protected. Another thing is uh, a greater focus on the business culture. You know, where is the marketplace going tomorrow? Um, you're looking at the data and you're able to protect it and you're able to drive revenues to people 
and segment a little bit differently than you were traditionally um, 20 or 30 years ago. So I think there's a lot of benefits to it. The, the greatest benefit is a more transparent review of how things are dis disseminated to the public and uh, the risk of mitigation. Okay, awesome. Fantastic. So, uh, so some of the benefits I see is that now, you know, data audits and audit audits of the IT environment, that's going to be more prevalent now. So um, organizations, they're no longer going to have a choice whether or not they're going to perform audits. And they're going to have to comply with this one way or another. If not, they are going to get a hefty fine. I think I read somewhere that they can be fined up to $25 million, and that's, that's a hefty amount to be fined. So um, and instead of asking, I guess, what, what if they fail to comply, um, let, let's go ahead and, and roll into the final question here. Uh, and Carrie Ann, I'll let you uh, lead us off here. Uh, do, do you think that uh, GDPR will prevent or decrease data breaches such as hacks or ransomware? I think if people want to hack, they will find a way. I mean, the Equifax breach is a perfect example of that. The will is there, the need is there, but um, it does put awareness back to the to the actual individual that, hey, what you put out there is, if it's public information, be careful because it makes you vulnerable. So I don't think that um, ransomware or hacks will decrease. I just think if there's a will, people will find a way. I just think it's going to be harder to be successful at it. And that's my personal opinion. Cool. That, that's all we can ask you, right? Personal opinion. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And uh, Ayana, how, how about you? Do you think um, GDPR is going to decrease or prevent data breaches? I, I tend to agree with, with Carrie Ann. Uh, there are m just so many different vectors for attacks to occur. And the, the trick in, in privacy and security is figuring out how to think like a hacker and stay one step ahead. I think if anything, uh, GDPR introduces potentially new uh, opportunities for, for attacks. So I mentioned data portability before. Uh, people are now reacting to create tools and tooling um, that's user-facing that makes data uh, available upon request. Uh, and so it's almost in some senses easier now to get information if someone were intending to do that. Uh, we're potentially creating new databases of information um, that's conveniently portable. Um, and so, you know, that's just one of those potentially unintended consequences that will, will play out in the future. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, there it will help with making users aware. So I mentioned different vectors, like if users are able to just delete their accounts if they want to, then you know that decreases the likelihood that they're ever part of a breach anyway. I think it's going to take a lot more um, and it would be very, it, it would take a lot of micromanagement, honestly, to get to a place where uh, we wouldn't see uh, hacks or the impacts of, of hacks and breaches have so much effect um, both uh, financially and socially on on individuals. Uh, and so, I mean, it would take companies reminding people yearly to delete the information that they no longer need. And honestly, companies don't have an incentive to 
uh, encourage people to get rid of data, especially after going through the activity of GDPR, which requires you to uh, really define and set the expectations for the business purposes for your data. Um, so I think, unfortunately, in the short term, we're not going to see a decrease in hacks uh, or breaches or anything of that nature. I think it'll continue to probably stay on the course it's been, and, and we'll see more. Absolutely. I, I stand in agreement with both of you, right? So I used to be a Boy Scout. And if I recall correctly, correctly the Boy Scout model was be prepared. So <laughs> every organization has to be prepared for a breach or a hack sooner than later, right? It's inevitable. It's bound to happen because that, that, that's a full-time job. Um, it's actually someone's job to see if they could actually hack into your system. So with GDPR, um, fortunately, uh, it's going to put a mandate in place where uh, they have to notify us, you know, within, I think it's like a 72-hour window as soon as they discover that a breach has occurred. So, so we will no longer have to sit back and wait you know, two or three months or even longer from organizations if there is a breach and our data is affected. So I really, really appreciate the both of you for coming on uh, Data Protection Gumbo. Uh, I'm sure our listeners will gain a lot of information about GDPR that's going live on May the 25th. I hope everyone has already put the work in in order to secure their environments and to also prepare their environments to be able to comply with this very, very important uh, regulation. So thank you both for coming on the show and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. I appreciate each and every one of you. I would like for you to check out the website, dataprotectiongumbo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dmalbro, or you can uh, link up with me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Have a great one.